Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt. Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen, and this week I'm joined by Muscle Man Malcolm. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing swell. How are you? I'm hot, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like people talking about how hot they are on podcasts, but boy, howdy, am I a sweaty mess at the moment. And I've got two more podcasts I need to record tonight. Uh, but I'm doing fine, man. Uh, how are things over in DC? Uh, just hectic, you know, just political stuff. You know, everyone has their opinions on things going on in the world. So uh, interesting is the best word. Unique is probably another <laughs> word to use. <laughs> Right, well, let's dive into the main bulk of the show itself. We're going to be talking about Raw Underground, because what else can we talk about in this crazy week of wrestling? Here is the show. So, if you didn't see Raw this week, um, you must have heard about this. If you didn't see Raw this week, they were building this thing up. Shane McMahon has come back and he's got this new exciting thing that he's going to be doing, right? And the exciting thing that he's doing is Fight Club. He's got this underground fight club that he has got that he's hosting. There's dancing ladies. It's got this sort of like porn music that's kind of playing underneath and it's shoot fights. Um, like Baba Tunde was there. Eric from the Viking Raiders had a match. Dolph Ziggler had a match. At the end of it, the Hurt Business came in and they sort of like beat up a load of people. And it's a lot of people. We got so, it was one of the busiest Raw episodes we've had in a while in terms of like user engagement. Like people being like, what the hell was it? A. And B, like, what can you do next with it? So first off, what did you make of Raw Underground? Oh, Raw Underground. I mean, it was kind of like a fight club, honestly, but it it was like missing something. I don't know exactly what it was, but like I guess the idea of having it have like three minutes of air time, then kind of back to normal Raw, and then three minutes of air time, then back to Raw, kind of like took me out of it. So like if the last hour or 30 minutes was just Raw Underground, I probably would have loved it a lot more. But I'm excited to see what happens next. So like with Lashley and MVP and everyone being there, I think it's a lot more interesting because everyone there has more of a real fight background because like mvp trains mma sean benjamin he just looks like he can kick someone's butt and then lastly i mean he was in bellator so you know it's very obvious that these guys know what they're doing when it comes to a real life fight yeah because sean's collegiate athlete right he's like collegiate wrestler yeah 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 yeah. um 
yeah, like it, it was amazing. Like, when the Hurt Business came in and like beat up all those dudes, it looked really, really cool, right? Like they sort of stand there and like, we run this place now. All un- underdone by Shane McMahon coming up here like, hey, it's like, <laughs> it's cool, right? I, t- <laughs> I did a, an extra podcast bit with Laurie uh, for the Fight Network show that we've got here in the UK. Yeah. And he said, he said, this, it felt like, uh, a rich kid's birthday party like his his dad said you can have whatever you want and he said dad i want an underground fight club and that's what it was that's very accurate it really, it just, fight club. yeah because it was like it was really uncool with shane mcmahon there and like the dancing girls made it feel very like caught like oh man i felt mad and i was like i'm so i hope my wife doesn't come in to see me watch this yeah. how do you even explain this away but like we've had a lot of people ask you know what could be next for it now i'm i i think this is going to be a very short-lived thing like this is this is Corey graves electric chair this is mick foley's darker third hour the kids go it's going away in two weeks time but what would you like to see next from raw underground it, I feel like Raw Underground should be like a new version of like how Hell in a Cell is treated back in the day when it was treated for like just like those really big fight feels and not like its own little separate pay-per-view. So like whenever there's like a real fight and these guys are like, there's not wrestling, it's a fight now, they should take it to Raw Underground. So like whenever you see those matches like, oh, this is personal, fella, we're going to make this real, go to Raw Underground. Don't have like a one-on-one match with headlocks and wrestlers. That's a fast. Do you know what? I didn't even think of that, but that's a brilliant idea. Is that it rather than it is like this sort of like separate promotion that's sort of run in like the garage of the performance center, it's a match type. So, yeah. like, like I, I challenge you, I'll see you in underground. Like, that is for me is like is way better because it also it takes away the issues you've got with like, well, this stuff over here is real, but this stuff over here is fake. Like, it's it kind of works that way. Yeah. Because like, it's kind of weird because, like, WWE's still in, like, a PG era. So, like, there's only about so much you can do in a real fight that it's not going to look PG. Because, like, if you're really fighting someone, I don't know how many fights you've been in your life. But, like, in general, maybe a couple. Maybe you and Ollie. Yeah, I'm, 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 oh, yeah, I've thrown some fists. Well, one, two. Okay, I see that. But, like, in a real-life fight field, I'm not worried about doing a suplex. I'm worried about getting my... <laughs> ground like it's just not a part of my repertoire it's like oh let me put in a chin lock just to make sure that i really work on his neck and stuff like no get him to the ground do what you got to do so like if you're gonna have it it should really be more like a a match stipulation rather than uh like um i guess a a a whole hour maybe of just like fighting because like there's only but so much you can do in an hour there's only but so many wrestlers you have that could be on just raw and raw underground because like not everyone on the roster feels like you know they're a fighter they're more of like a you're an entertainer. Like, I'm not going to see Bailey fight Shayna for real and think that Bailey can actually win. It's just impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, the Shayna yeah. can kill someone. <laughs> yeah, 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 legit. Like, and I said this on the Raw podcast as well, but I could actually, I, I wouldn't mind them using Raw Underground as a way to debut this new group. Retribution, I think that their their name is, they're called now. So like, you know, you've run this for a couple of weeks with, with Shane doing doing his uncool stuff and Retribution just come in and just like tear the whole thing apart and just like, you know, they just, they shut it down and that's the way that you debut this group. And then like, you know, Raw Underground never sort of comes back in unless, as you say, they use it as a match type. Yeah. I could kind of see them using that as like, you know, almost like the Nexus debut where they just came in and just destroyed the Raw set and it was like a, a really impactful debut like i feel like that could uh, might be a good way to use it as well definitely definitely like, it just depends on who's actually in that stable because like if you pull some guys from nxt like um 
I can't think like Cam, if Cameron Grimes was a part of Retribution and then he now he's on Raw Underground actually fighting, I'm not gonna take that seriously because he comes out with a funny hat and you know just talking. <laughs> like I can't take that seriously. But if it's like Dijack comes out there, I'm like, oh, he looks legit. I'm kind of scared of him. That makes sense mm-hmm. while he's on Raw Underground. So it really just depends on who's in the group and their motives because like if it's just some like silly dudes from NXT. It ain't going to work. If it's some silly dudes from Evolve, like if I see Leon Ruff, as much as I love the guy, I can't take him seriously. He's a little small to begin there with like Baba Tunde. Like, I can't take him seriously. <laughs> I, I mean, Spence, you've sold me on this. I, I want to see Raw Underground become, so it's not just like, it's not a part of Raw. It's not this sort of weird offshoot thing. It just becomes like a, it's a match stipulation that you build and you can really build this like huge aura around it because it is like, it's, it's shot, it's kind of half shot well and half shot not because like it's shot cool. Like it's got the really cool lighting and everything, but like with the Kevin Dunn camera cuts and stuff, like uh, Mike Sempervivi went through and it was like, it was, it was a cut every one and a half seconds, basically, which is just, it's nonsense. It's a terrible way to shoot a product. Yeah. It was like four different cuts when like Lashley was like gun wrenching, suplexing a guy or gun wrench power bomb. It was like cut, cut, cut. Like, I don't know where I'm looking Uh anymore. (laughs) <laughs> like, one shot like if this is a real feel just make one shot maybe even shake the camera a little bit to get some more like realism to it just i just need maybe one to two shots maybe maybe three if it's good enough but two is the the max when it comes to something that's supposed to be taken as very legit yeah you've sold me on this i want it as a match type without shane mcmahon yeah because <laughs> if I, I can't have shane mcmahon being like just sweating around there you know and i'm i'm i know because i'm sweating right now you don't need the sweaty man being there going like yeah, I know, right? I saw the headband. I was like, man, what a smart guy. And I was like, I don't need, uh, yeah, I don't need Shane McMahon being around going like, hit him, big man. Hit him, big man. You're a big man. Hit him, big man. I was like, shut up, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, like, if it doesn't result in Shane getting in there and fighting with someone and someone beats up Shane, then like his point of being there is, is a little, is a little sad. Because like, eventually <laughs> it's going to get to a point where it's like, it's like Lucha Underground, but with, more camera shots like that's Mm. what it kind of feels like with like shane running around and talking so like if he gets in there and fights and maybe gets beat up by somebody that takes over raw underground like mvp maybe because like i mean he's almost like legit talker there so if shane can like get out some way before he's in there too long people started to hate it then yeah then after that he gotta go yeah, and like I, there are certain characters that I don't. We've got a, a uh, one of our mailbag questions. Um, I, I can't remember who it's from, but I won't name check you uh, later. Said like, you know, I'd like to see the fiend and Braun Strowman in there, but like I, I'm like you. There are certain characters that I don't think almost like don't work. Like I don't want to see the fiend in in Raw or Underground. Like it doesn't. I, I half of me sort of does really, but like I just it doesn't really feel like it fits. Like I don't want to see the Undertaker in there either. But like. Di- like Dijak, absolutely, I want to see him in there. Shayna Baszler, absolutely, I want to see them in there. But there, there are certain characters I don't really want to see in Raw Underground, unless it's like because you mentioned Bailey, right? Yeah. Like Bailey's funny if she goes in there and hates it, like she doesn't want to be there, then it works. But if Bailey goes in there with like you know her tape fist tape, I'd be like, I'm a badass now. It's like, no, you're not, mate. Yeah, that would have <laughs> at all. At all. Like, it just depends on like who's in there, honestly. Like, even if like you pull some guys from SmackDown, which I know would be kind of weird for the whole rosters and stuff, but someone like Matt Riddle, that's made for him. And I know he's talked about it on Twitter too. Because it was like, I think he mentioned it being like a Josh Barnett like ripoff of like GC. Oh, yeah, it's Blood Sport. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's basically that. So, like, if you pull some guys from like SmackDown that would look legit in it, then sure. But like, more gimmicky guys, like, if No Way Jose was still in WWE and I saw him wear some jeans with taped up fists at Raw Underground, 
I'm not. I'm going to turn the television off. I'm going to watch something. <laughs> I can't take that. Um, and I'm only going to play this for you because, uh, as an American, I would imagine that you don't really know much about Alan Partridge. But when, uh, but when I saw the Dancing Girls, there's a scene, there's a scene from Alan Partridge, and it's all I could think of, which was there. Would you like me to lap dance for you? That, that is, is all wrong. I could think of. <laughs> that is raw underground. <laughs> <laughs> A little more fighting, it is raw. Easily. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Lockdown has been hard on lots of people, but it's also been tough on, tough on, well, you know. My big hairy balls, Luke. Yes, yes, your, your big hairy balls, Ollie. So let's thank today's sponsor, Manscaped, for providing the best materials to give you the best manscaping experience possible. This could be the greatest ball shaving of all time. Hygiene is super important in this, the new now. And the perfect package essentials kit by Manscaped comes with everything you need. High-performance USB rechargeable body trimmers with its advanced skin-safe technology, which is far more impressive than WWE's AR nonsense at their pay-per-views and it's not just your big hairy balls that need sorting out you also need to look at your big your big hairy nails or your i guess your long hairy nails or you know your big 
Your big long nails. Along with the perfect package kit, you should also order the Shears 2.0, a newly improved luxury four-piece nail kit with stainless steel slashed tipped tweezers, round point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Enroll in the Peak Hygiene Plan for quarterly replenishments of your favorite products and get 20% off your order using the code WTTV. There's even free international shipping to the US, Canada, Australia, and old blighty United Kingdom. So get 20% off your order at manscaped.com using the promo code WTTV. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code WTTV for 20% off your order. Your neat and tidy balls. Well, thank you. Well, let's get into the Patreon mailbag. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge channels on Patreon at any dollar or amount and leave a question in the community tab. Do not email me. I will just lose it. I'm bad at my job. This first question comes in from Abhiram, who says, um, I've been really stressed out this past month. I'm watching and listening to WrestleTalk, Parts Fun 9, and by extension, Fightful and Denise Salcedo has been helping me a lot. Not to put you on the spot, but do you guys have any advice to avoid getting stressed? Want me to answer it first or you? Go for it, man. Yeah, go for it. Uh, stress. Um, I like to lift weights. I like to exercise. That's kind of my thing. I'm a power lifter. So um, go running. Get, get a jump rope. Actually, I was talking to Leo Rush the other day, which is a really random thing to say. But <laughs> I'm trying to Sorry, be- I'll, I'll just pick up that name you dropped. <laughs> Boom, right there. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to be a wrestler. So I asked him, like, what's the best way to get in conditioning and whatnot? Because, like, we're kind of close. So he told me, he's like, just get a jump rope and just start going for it. Because, like, one- it relieves all your stress because your mind is so focused on like the exercise and sweating and just being out of breath that everything else will kind of push itself to the side if you want it to or if you don't want it to. And I mean, just in general, just, you know, watch some wrestling, watch some Netflix, Hulu. Gotta get the- it, it, it seems like a really cheap answer to say, like, you need to sort of find what, what kind of makes you happy. And like you, you said in there that like watching and listening to, to our podcasts has kind of like helped you feel a bit better. So like you find some other podcasts that like find some other YouTube channels that, that you really enjoy watching and use that as your way to kind of like unwind. Like my, my way to sort of de-stress myself is like, I, I, you know, I'll go for a walk and I will listen to a podcast. Like I've got a, a set number of podcasts that listen to talking Simpsons, um, cinematic universe, um, oh, RIP said Patrick. Um, and there's like a, a bunch of podcasts that I listen to that I just like, this is my way to sort of escape into my own little world. Uh, cooking's another one for me. I love to cook. That's a great one. Like that, which can sometimes be as stressful if it doesn't go the way that I want it to. I was, try- I was, kind of, I was trying to peel a potato yesterday and I cut myself doing it and I was really annoyed. Um, anyway, Flaming Clive said, um, if you had to switch one main eventer and one jobber to the other role from the ruthless aggression, who would it be? So like, you know, the main eventer becomes the jobber and vice versa. Huh. But okay, from ruthless like, aggression, that's harder. Yeah, like I can't even think of jobbers from then. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think of. Like, who was a who was a famous jobber in the ruthless aggression era? Was I mean, considered a jobber? Like, I don't know if he's really a he's kind of big. Yeah, it's gonna say he's a cruiserweight champion. He had that stuff yeah. with the Rock. Um, hey, Roderick Strong was a, a jobber for an episode of SmackDown in that match against Kurt Angle. So maybe yes. him. 
Like, I think now might be an easier time to pick because I think they've got more jobbers on there. Like Ricochet, I feel like he feels like a bit of a jobber at the moment Ooh. and 100% should be in the main event. Oh my God, they did Ricochet so dirty. They did <laughs> so dirty. Oh my God. It's so sad. This dude was facing Brock, lost, and then just became irrelevant and lost to Riddick Moss. I was at the arena when he lost to Riddick Moss. I cried a little. How do you lose the who's Riddick Moss? <laughs> no. no. Was that like was that kind of feeling like throughout? Because like I mean, when we watched that show, I was like, I was dumbfounded that, that Ricochet got beat by Riddick Moss. But was like that like felt throughout the building? In, in my section, at least, we're all like, well, what is what else is there to watch now? Like that's one of the guys we came to watch, and he lost to Riddick Moss. Who's Riddick Moss? <laughs> I can't take the rest of the show seriously. I'm not excited to see Rollins. I'm not excited to see Styles. I wanted to see Ricochet, and he <laughs> lost to Riddick Moss. So, <laughs> taking the other, taking the other side of it, is there any like main events you'd like to see in sort of like a an enhancement talent position? Uh, main event, main event. I mean, maybe like a veteran guy, maybe like a Mysterio or something, because there's so many guys on like that lower end of the card that need that one big match to kind of get them over. So. If Mysterio became like a main eventer that jobbed to a bunch of you know younger guys, then sure. But as terms of like actual main eventer, WWE still needs to build up stars. So I don't, I wouldn't want to take anyone like McIntyre and then make him on like main event. Like I can't do that to them. So like a veteran guy definitely. Actually, I mean, we found our answer there because McIntyre was a jobber guy like during the ruthless aggression into the scenery era, and is now a main eventer. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> uh, Erectly says, if Drew, speaking of, if Drew retains at SummerSlam. Who should he face next? Uh, you already faced Rollins. Dominic Mysterio. Oh, man. You want to really push Dom straight up into that? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's certainly a heck of a way to push the kid, I guess. Yeah. Go for it. Make it happen. I, I'd, like, I'd like to see Owens. I'd like to see oh, Owens yeah. like, step back up into the WWE Championship picture, right? Yeah. I mean, like, if him, him as a heel, maybe, because McIntyre is like, you know, he's not like a, a super baby face, but he's also not like a, a tweener. So like I feel like a, a face Owens would it feel all authentic against a McIntyre because like face Owens is kind of like a softy, but like heel Owens he doesn't care about anything. So a heel Owens yes, this Owens eh, eh, I don't know. And if I actually, can't get my actually I got, I got one I got one I'm sorry to cut you off. Andrade Andrade's the man. Andrade. Yeah. Yes. Andrade is a great shout, absolutely. And if I can't get my my Adam Cole undisputed era call up, like uh, with them sort of claymoring, you know, laying him out after the SummerSlam goes off the air or during SummerSlam going off the air, then the other guy that I'm going to pick, damn, I just had a name then and it's completely escaped from me. Dominic oh, uh, no, Lashley. Lashley, oh, Lashley yeah. get back into that picture, man, because he only lost because of Lana, right? Lana's not there anymore. So Lashley's got like a reason to go back in for that title. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. How do I forget about Lashley? Yeah, definitely, because like he's not even doing anything right now. Because it's all about MVP right now with the U.S. titles. So yeah, Lashley easily. Uh, Callum Man says, "Hey guys, uh, since the WWE releases in April, we've seen a lot of that release talent sign with Impact and AEW. Um, so it got me thinking: if you could book a five-match card for an Impact versus AEW show, what matches would you book? Thanks for always your hard work. We really do appreciate it." Uh, I, 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 we kind of had this question a little bit last week because I had um, the Young Bucks versus the North, I think I'd said there, because I'd really like to see that. Uh, because we've kind of seen like Bucks versus Machine Guns. Like yeah. that's you know, a dream match that I've already got to see. Um, Callahan versus Moxley. 
is a match I would absolutely love. That'd be great. Um, and um, Jordan Grace versus Akarashida. I think it'd be oh. wicked. I didn't think about that one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and FTR, yeah, FTR versus the Machine Guns, then, if I can't get like, do the Bucks. That's not bad. I would put like the um, I would put the North against probably FTR because I feel like their like styles kind of blend together. Because like Josh mm-hmm. Alexander is more of a technical guy, and FTR they're more technical and like all ego. He's kind of just out there just yelling and screaming, so it's hilarious. <laughs> so like that match would feel like for me would probably be like the best. And then when it comes to like 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 Eddie Edwards maybe because he's like the world champion maybe like maybe an Omega just because like Edwards has always been really good. He's just never had that top, top match. I feel like Omega could be the guy that gives it to him. So Edwards yeah, that's, that's a really good shout out. I was just trying to think of like who Edwards could go up against, but yeah, actually that's a really good shout. Yeah. Omega is a perfect. Cause I was just thinking them like, man, who's the Omega Rob Van Dam? No, maybe not Rob Van Dam. Oh, it would be good. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. Um, Dre says, uh, hey, guys, thanks for all the content. I was watching some old wrestling and it jogged my mind that uh, I had to be introduced to NXT because I wasn't always interested in going onto the network and watching it. But after Paige beat AJ Lee and not knowing who she was, it caused me to start watching NXT. And since then, it's really the only promotion I watch in full, aside now from AEW as well. Do you remember what initially got you to watch NXT on the network? Uh, his name doesn't get talked about that much anymore because of situations, but Velveteen, just because I'm from D.C., he's from D.C., so, and he was put on banger matches back then, so Velveteen was, like, the guy for me, personally, so. It was uh, my buddy, John, because uh, NXT used to air here on Sky Sports, uh, which I don't, I didn't, I don't have, because um, Rupert Murdoch's awful, don't buy the sun, um, but, like, so he used to tell me, he's like, oh, man, you've got to check out NXT, it's, it's wicked, then it was the match between Cesaro and Sami Zayn, where he was like, dude, you've got to check this out. This match is awesome. And I went around to his and I watched and I was like, holy hell, what's this NXT thing? <laughs> um, this used to be a rubbish thing. And um, I, and then when it got when I got the network and it started to become a weekly show, that, that was it. I got the network day one because I used a VPN to get it because we didn't get it here in the UK. Um, and the first thing I watched was the Invasion pay-per-view again, uh, Halloween Havoc 98. And then I was watching NXT on a weekly basis. And because they were doing their takeover shows, like I was like, I was just hooked. Absolutely loved it. I believe that. Uh, Alex Storm says, Hey, fellas, over the past year or so, I've seen a Wonder Rolly shirt, now a Fakedor shirt, now a Dance Chopper shirt, but absolutely zero for Resident Sweetie Pie, Luke Owen. When is Luke getting a shirt? Why does he keep getting this shirt? Uh, I think this could be rectified with a very simple shirt that has two words on it. Ah, Smeg. Just a thought. Yeah, I've not... Well, it's because... So, when we did the relaunch of the merchandise, I went on holiday and I forgot to submit a design or like even suggestions for a design. So we were like, well, we'll do you in the next line. And then we never really got around to doing that next line. So now I'm just saying like, never do me a t-shirt. It just should always be a running joke that I never get a t-shirt. I think that could work. Like Jericho didn't have a shirt back in like, oh wait, when he was like a heel and stuff. So that could be like your version, but you're like a good guy. (laughs) Uh, Callum, uh, do you think the Undisputed Era is ever going to get called up to Raw or SmackDown. Personally, I think it should. Uh, I think they should because I, they have nothing else to do in NXT. But I'm also quite scared that Vince won't understand and it'll just become another failed call-up. I think Adam Cole could take the title off of Drew, but probably not likely. What are your thoughts? Well, Adam Cole is going to be facing uh, Pat McAfee at um, NXT XXX. Um, yeah. Seems amazing. Oh, yeah, you're in for it. I'm very happy for it. That's cool because like the the only comments I've really heard from it so far are Adam who wasn't in for it and Laurie who said that he's just going to walk into the ocean uh, rather than watch the match. 
No, it seems entertaining. I like it. I like Pat is pretty pretty entertaining. Like when you give him a fair shake on the microphone, like he's annoying, but it's like the type of annoying that I will listen to. It's not like turn off the television annoying. It's like something like I can get into this. Like just give me some time. I'm gonna like him more. It was Pat, wasn't it? That on the 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 pre-show for I can't remember which show it was. Now, it was on one of the pre-shows that I think it was WrestleMania last year. He wore a suit jacket and shorts. Yep, that was the guy. Yeah, that was that was him, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I remember watching that being like, "What an asshole!" Yeah, I'm like, "Oh, this guy." I kind of like him though. He's something about him is different. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so do you think Undisputed Era will ever get called up? Uh yes, but I think they're going to get put on two or five live kind of quickly, just because like Ooh. Adam Cole can probably do well as like a really good intercontinental champion. I don't see him being, I, I think he has the quality to be a world champion. Don't get me wrong, but I don't feel like they are going to see the quality of him being a world champion. Like Roderick Strong would be a great cruiserweight champion, honestly, but I just don't see them giving him a fair rub and being like a top mid Carter or a top guy in the company. And then the other two, Kyle could be a world champion. I, I like Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I mean they've all got like the the, the ability to be world champions. Oh, yeah. like, I certainly see like like you know Carl and Roddy um, or Carl and Bobby rather getting the tag titles. Oh, I think if I was to get them, call them up, I'd like to see them on SmackDown. I just sort of feel like because you got like, it become it's becoming this sort of like work rate place because you've got like uh, Riddle and Gulak and Brian and and, and Styles kind of Meta League doing all their stuff over there. So I kind of like I feel like that's the a better place for them. I don't know. I think Raw might be the place because like they're they're a lot more character based. They are very good in the ring, but I feel like they're slowly becoming more characters than wrestlers at moments. And like Raw is a lot more character focused than it is wrestling focused. And that's where Adam Cole can shine because while he's a great wrestler, they might not let him you know have those amazing matches that go like 15, 30 minutes. So like if he can get on the microphone and talk, and every, and all the other ones can talk with him, I think that's like their best like recipe for success. Uh, Dwayne the Gronk Johnson says, uh, some of the cinematic matches from the No Fans era of wrestling have been fantastic. I've just watched the Firefly Funhouse match for the 200th time, and it's just as great. Uh, it's oh, It's been of the only good things about the No Fans era for me. The natural fan reactions are what make wrestling so enjoyable, and I'm struggling to enjoy the product hearing performance center recruits who get belittled by Kevin Dunn to get the reactions that he and McMahon want. Uh, this made me want to ask you guys, what do you think have been some of the better aspects of the No Fans era of wrestling aside from cinematic matches two words bailey and sasha banks oh. i'm the biggest sasha banks fan in the world i love sasha banks she's amazing in incredible i've loved i'm i'm just i'm so happy they've been on all three shows oh, yeah. uh I, I i yeah can't get enough of them i just think they're so so great yeah so yeah they, they've, they've generally been one of my favorite parts of, of, of no fans era honestly my biggest like support of no fans era has been probably women's wrestling because like Every woman's division, I know AEW is kind of slacking at times, but the characters are that are shown at least for AEW and the other brands, they're all doing really well. Like, yeah, SmackDown is working on it, but most of the people on Raw, they're doing pretty well. NXT, they're doing amazing. And then Impact also with Deanna Prazo, amazing. She came mm -hmm. out of nowhere and became a legend. Like, with no fans, I feel like the people that aren't the biggest women wrestling supporters in the world or, like, just don't get it sometimes – they're not there to like kind of sit there and be quiet. The whole arena is already quiet. So they can just work on like their characters and their promos and maybe there's not like a, a hesitance to like kind of not say everything you're feeling on the microphone or give all the, like the emotion you want to give. Yeah. 
Jobber JJ says, hello, everyone. I'm watching The Invasion for the first time, and it got me thinking. After this week's horrible roar and WWE desperate for ratings, uh, this booking all stems back to The Invasion. Let's throw everything. My question is, if WWE booked The Invasion, uh, uh, Sorry, if you book the invasion, uh, where do you think WWE would be with the viewership? I think that's like if you if they booked the invasion well, uh, where do you think the WWE would be with viewership? Have a nice day. Hashtag jam that jam. I'll be honest with you. I think still in the same position they're in now. Yeah, same. I, exactly. Yeah, I really think, don't, I don't think much have changed. Like, I think that they would have saved a lot of those fans. But like, I think what we found from the death of WCW and ECW was that there was a bunch of kids that watched wrestling because it was cool and then wrestling just wasn't cool anymore. So they stopped watching it. That was it. Yeah, like when they when WCW died, that kind of was the end of like really popular wrestling because like there's not that competition aspect anymore. And yeah, it's on television and yeah, it's on one brand, but it's just not the same. Like maybe DDP would have been a bigger star at WWE, but that's like the only big one I could think of. Maybe like Booker T also. He probably would have been like, I mean, he still was a world champion, but probably had a multi-time like opportunities to be world champion. Yeah, like I, but I think the, the rating still would have dipped down because if it's not on the front cover of TV magazines, if they're not like, you know, because like back then they were appearing on TV shows and like they were guest appearances, like they were they were celebrities, yeah. and I just don't think they're not celebrities anymore. So, I yeah, I, I don't think anything would have changed. Sadly, not really. Um, Dan says, "Hey guys, um, can't two people from different households meet in the UK now? Because if so, why not bring back the old murder room uh, for at least Luke and uh, uh, Ollie and Luke's lady friends to enjoy silence for a bit?" So basically, this is a question of why aren't we going back into studio, or at least going because so yes, you can. I mean, the rules here are so messy. I don't, like people can go back to work if it is. Like you are able to socially distance, which we can't really do in our office because the studio that we've got is six foot wide. So, and we are, we're kind of like within that six foot. So we can't really be a foot of like, you know, it's just a bit too close and we haven't got enough like measures in place in the actual office office bit. So yeah, I, I just don't think it's going to be, my wife is going to unfortunately just going to have to listen to me shouting and, and being loud in here. I'm afraid so. I mean, like, to give kudos to you guys, I'm like, even though you can't go back to your actual office and record, I think it's probably best for, like, a visual standpoint for, like, viewers because it still shows that everyone's still social distancing and not being around each other, regardless if, like, some rules say you can go back or not. So it probably sets a better example for people that don't want to follow those exact rules all the time. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of people here in the UK that don't want to follow those rules. I live in D.C. There's plenty of those people, too. (laughs) (laughs) What are rules for? Uh, Daniel uh, says, um, first of all, I want to say uh, hey to the whole WrestleTalk gang and thank you so much for keeping us entertained during all of this craziness. Um, my opinion is that Vince hates pirates, or at least the gimmick anyway. In the time that I've been watching wrestling, I've only seen, to my knowledge, two wrestlers with the pirate gimmick, Paul Burchill, Kyrie Sane. Virgil having the gimmick for a year at most before they changed his character and saying that never reaching the potential of the pirate princess could have been. I definitely believe that if done right, they could have uh, with that gimmick, especially uh, with a more um, seen a, a friendly, more a more friendly, uh, kid friendly WWE. I say all I want to ask is, is it one gimmick that didn't work in wrestling that you thought could have worked given the chance or at least uh, that you wish could have worked? Thanks again for all the consistent content. Hope you're well. Love, Dan. Uh, he's also got a recommendation for me. It's a group called 8-Bit Universe. They take popular and well-known uh, old-school songs and turn them into 8-bit versions of those songs. 
hello i am interested in that i'm gonna check that out so yeah as, um, so vince hates pirates is there a gimmick that you think could have worked out but didn't uh magician ace austin in tna or impact wrestling he's he makes that weird gimmick of like oh look there's a card up my sleeve like actually seem kind of cool and like even though he's a heel and whatnot so and like they had that in wwe at one point with um i forgot his name completely honestly like, it was like the, it was like Phantasma or something, something like that. Like it was, yeah, he had like one or two matches, and like he made like the referee's underwear change color or, or yeah. something. It was very bizarre stuff. Nineteen ninety five. Yep, what a year! I wasn't <laughs> even born then. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, probably like a magician. Probably the best one. Yeah, it's a gimmick that didn't work out. It was a good gimmick that just did not work out. I mean, Kyrie Sane really should have. Man, it's it's. It's baffling that that. Do you know what? Actually, I'm going to say I was a, a gimmick that I was shocked did not get over was Emma's dancing, because it got so massively over in NXT. I was like, this is going to translate into the main roster. Everyone's going to be doing the dance. No, nope, it died a death. Absolutely died a death. And I was I was shocked. Absolutely shocked her. it didn't work. I miss her. She was so amazing. Oh, she really was, yeah. Uh, Freddie uh, says, uh, I know this is a long shot because of the storyline, but how would you feel if The Fiend showed up at Raw Underground? There it is. Freddie was the question. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Not sure on that one. Uh, Reese says, hello, Luke, and new WrestleTalk friend. Um, a very simple question, though potentially a negative one. In recent memory, what has been the most disappointing booked ending to a feud, uh, and what could have been your quick fix? Not asking for a fancy booking. My example would be Miz versus Daniel Bryan in 2018. Let them have an actual match instead of a one-minute roll-up for Bryan to win. Keep safe and thank you. Uh, look after yourselves from Reese. Yeah, a, a feud that booked really badly at the end. Like it was just a disappointing end to the feud. I, I mean, like it wasn't the match, but it was on the same bloody show. Um, the Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, Hell in a Cell match where Brock just came out and the match just stopped. It was like, huh, that's disappointing. It was awkward. Uh, I guess mine would probably be Lesnar and Triple H. Like they had an Extreme Rules match in 2013. It was inside of a cage and like Brock won and that was, that was just it. And I was like, well, okay. Do you know the other one I'm going to say is um, Buddy Murphy coming off the back of the Roman thing, like yeah. because he sort of accidentally found his way into that storyline because he was just in the background of a shot, and like WWE all of a sudden had something with him. They gave him a match with like Brian, and gave him a match with Roman, and then that was it. It was just like oh, and well, I guess he's done now. Yeah, actually, I, I thought of a better one. Probably um, Mustafa Ali's return back to the main roster after he got injured. And he was cutting all these promos about saying, like, how he's going to be WWE champion and, you know, the name Mustafa's going to, like, mean something and whatnot. And then they did nothing to it. And, like, they had, like, him versus Orton, and Orton beat him, and that was it. So yeah. everything Mustafa Ali related, he never gets the right, like, finish to his, like, feuds. I need more Mustafa, and I need him to do something important because he's so amazing. He's such a good person. I Absolutely, exactly. Like he's he's wicked. Yeah, I, I mean, I was like, he came back, you know, to Raw, and I was like, yeah, Miss Afrolee's back, and then he just lost this week. I'm like, oh god, dang it. Um, Al says, uh, Al. So that's one of my favorite rock promos. It's just Al. Um, a bit of a guy named Al. Um, hey, uh, first of all, thank you for all the content. Um, it's keeping us sane throughout lockdown. It's super appreciated. With WWE slipping back into what looks like the Attitude Era with Raw Underground, will we see the return of Union Underground and the old Raw theme song across the nation, Al from Nottingham? I would love it, Al, because it's my favorite Raw song. I love that song. 
move to the music, play the fucking music, move into the music, yeah, let's get it on. It's a banging tune. I don't know. I was a big fan of that Nickelback theme song. It was it was interesting. That's what I grew up on. Like, I don't know. Something about it just really got me hyped up. I was like, I'm ready to see John Cena grab whoever's a celebrity <laughs> guest of that week and like beat him up. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be good. How did that go again? As um like, going out tonight to yeah, get yeah, yeah. Out that. That's the one, yeah. Such a banger, such a banger. <laughs> uh Marcus Campbell, um, what are your opinions on Wrestle House? I've not actually seen it yet. I've, I've not catched up on this week's impact. It's so good it's like it's like big brother house but instead it's just with wrestlers and it, it's so amazing like there's so many guys like they'll run over and try to find like what room they're gonna stay in and then like i think it was kylie ray and Susie was trying to find like a room or maybe it was rosemary but johnny swinger gets in the bed is like who wants to swing with the swing daddy or something i was like what not <laughs> kylie is a good soul she will not do that <laughs> she just like runs out and like they have like a ring in the backyard so they're doing like backyard matches also and it's interesting. It's definitely something to watch. Like, they actually threw a shot at No Way Jose at one point because they said, like, oh, you're going to sleep with that person. No way, Jose, or something like that, like one of the Diener said. And then, like, Tommy Dreamer cuts in and is like, nope, we didn't sign him. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, Dreamer, don't say that. That's mean. <laughs> oh, bless him. Um, yeah, I need, to, I need to check it out. Like, I, I, the only thing I've seen from Impact this week was the Rob Van Dam beatdown uh, on Sammy with, with Katie twerking over his body. <laughs> but I loved it. I did. Like, it was... I laughed uproariously. I, and I I thought that the, the pair of them last week with, like, Sammy Callahan wrecking her photo shoot and, like, putting his face on, I thought, like, her selling of it was so great. And like, yeah, Rob Van Dam beating up Sally Cameron while Katie is twerking over the pair of them. It made me laugh so much. It's the it brilliant wrestling right now. It's the number one. Yeah. <laughs> I it was wicked. Uh, Abnahab uh, says, I've uh, got a long question here. Uh, said, I've seen a lot of debate on to why uh, AEW's women's division is bad. Most of them boil down to a lack of attraction. So I thought, is that the reason? If you, look, uh, if you look at NXT in the initial days, they didn't have any big names on the brand except for Natalia. They built up the four horsemen along with solid mid-carders in Jax, Bliss, and Carmella. Why, doesn't, why does AEW fail to do that? I think I know the answer. While NXT was building its women's division, it was building its men's as well as its tags, and hence it grew as a whole. They had more indie names than the, for the men's like Balor and Joe, but they were still giving a chance to grow. I wasn't a big indie guy, and hence NXT was a uh, breath of fresh air. With AEW, they have some well-established, well-known names in the men's division, hence the women's division sticks out like a sore thumb. My question is, is the way to fix this division is to bring in names like Tessa, Tyre, Jordan Grace, or to try and cut back on the men's matches and give them time? I also have one more theory. Is AEW trying to pull a WWE by not giving the women's division a chance, and then when they do, uh, they it'll be like, we heard you. Okay, so that last point, I think, is really smart. Like, that's really cool. It's, it's, it's like proper... It's probably like conspiracy theory stuff. Like they've done it on purpose. It's like brilliant reverse psychology. I think to your point, like with the the NXT women's division, like that taking off was a case of it was the right time. Like wrestling fans were so sick of women's wrestling getting no attention whatsoever on Raw and SmackDown on their pay-per-views. Like it was such a disaster and a joke that NXT just doing something made them go like oh my god you're doing something this is this is quite lovely you, they're not divas anymore they're they're women and it was even though they were kind of still being called divas and like the title still had jewels on it and stuff it still looked like very wwe yes. but it caught fire like 
the work that the page was doing, the work that Summer Ray was doing, and then as you say, the four horsemen doing, it caught fire. So they ran with it. Like, and that that kind of then sparked off into the main roster. AW haven't had that moment yet. Like they haven't had that thing. And like Tony Khan's the stats man. The women unfortunately aren't drawing in the ratings, so they don't get the time. But it's a vicious circle. Because if you don't put them on TV, then they don't draw the ratings. If you don't give enough time, they don't draw the ratings. And, and like so none of it works. I do think getting a name in there might help. Like if they had signed Sasha Banks, like if Sasha had left and they'd signed her, then 100% we'd be getting more women's wrestling on AEW. But she didn't and they didn't. And so they're not. I, I guess, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Because like, yes, they do need that one name. And like, they do have names. Like right now, Britt Baker and Big Swole, I love their feud. Like, it, even though that's the only thing they really show on television, it's like my favorite part of watching AEW, to be honest. Like, it's really entertaining in a weird way. Because, like, I want to see Big Swole go on to be a champion. But I'm also interested in, like, how grave a character Britt Baker's doing. So, I'm like, I'm interested in that. And, like, besides that, there's, like, there's there's really nothing else. Because, like, Nyla just kind of fell off. I know Chris Statlander got injured, unfortunately. And the women's champion, I don't even I don't even know her name, honestly. Hikarajita. Like, yeah, but like, but you know what? Like, we were saying this in the AW review. Like, who's who's ranked number one in the A- like? I don't know who's currently ranked number one. And like, someone meant someone sent in a super chat being like, "What she does plans for All Out?" And I'm like, I have this blues clue, like, of of what she just doing for for All Out. I know that Britt Baker and Big Swallow are having a match, but I have no idea what the women's champion is doing. And that that's a, that's a problem. Yeah, like, there's just there is something missing. Like, maybe it is the name. Maybe they would need someone like Tessa or. Maybe at the time, I wish like Deanna Perazzo had signed there. If I knew that that was the gimmick she was going to bring to Impact, she should have signed AEW because that would have blown up quickly. But yeah, like they're missing a name and then they're missing like more character based people. I feel like characters is what's really going to get AEW over in the women's division because like everyone there is like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty and I can wrestle well. Yeah, everyone can wrestle well, but there's not a whole lot of character. That's shown. Like Nyla's doing a good job. Britt's doing a great job. Big Swole, yes. But everyone else, they're getting there. They're just not there yet. Because like they're mm-hmm. all talented. And I'm sure if they were given the right time that wasn't just on dark, which a lot of people just unfortunately don't watch, then they would probably have more of an opportunity. So like, it's down to Tony to give them more of a shot, but it's also down to like them having more characters as well. And like maybe they yeah. need one more person to do that because like they have some, it's just not being showcased as well as it should be. Exactly, and I think with like the the thing that's easy to forget about NXT and their sort of like their, their early days of the women's division and like you know Paige and and, and the the horsewomen coming in, is it's easy to forget that it got over because of 15 years of WWE telling people women's and you know 15 years plus you know maybe even like you could even argue. 25 30 years of them telling the audience this does not matter yeah and people then said no do you know what to me it does matter and like so that really helped Mm -hmm. skyrocket that division without that fan reaction i don't think they would have done as much as that as they did do yeah i mean that's honestly very true it's just a complicated question honestly because there's so many factors into it it's just i don't know like maybe they need more people maybe they don't it's kind of just up to them really that's just, they just yeah. need like i mean obviously there's an issue so it's just down to them just making it happen and to like you know turning tessa uh Ty, i mean like tyra and jordan grace are they're with impact they're signed with impact they've got impact contracts and like i you know i've, I've spoken to jordan grace before and she was like you know i'm not i love being an impact i like being 
in Impact's women's division because they really respect women's wrestling. And like, why would you want to leave that? If you're enjoying working there, you wouldn't want to go. Yeah, no, no money's worth it if like you really, really want to be shown on television, which is the goal of all wrestlers to be shown. So mm. I can't blame her for that. The Notorious Alietta says, I uh, hope you're doing well, staying safe. Uh, before I get to my main question, I just wanted to ask, if Team WrestleTalk wins the big tag team turmoil at Quizzlemania 2000, does that mean that Ollie wins? And does that mean Adam is going to shave his hair? Come on, Luke, you can do this. I don't think that stipulation is still in play. Yeah. I think Ollie Davis has to get a singles win. Also, I don't think we're winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been, I'm training him and it's, it's not working. Um, anyway. Uh, so today, uh, today, I've got some hot takes on the previous week of wrestling. I enjoyed Raw Underground. It did more good than it did bad. Um, Babakunde or Dabukato, Dabukato, I think his name is. Uh, Eric, Dolphin, her business all looked great and all got different kind of exposure, especially Dolphin Eric, who've got really generic and formulaic over the past year. I know it could be scrapped in three weeks, but there's a lot of potential. You could see them setting up Bobby versus Brock and the whole thing, and I think that would be money. The whole Pat McAfee and Adam Cole thing was an uh, was also A-OK. SummerSlam is usually when you have a celebrity versus wrestler gimmick, uh, so I'm okay with them doing that for TakeOver before SummerSlam. The segment where Adam Cole got punted was red hot. What do you think? Stay safe. Jam that jam. Well, you've said you liked it, man. I loved it. It was, it was so cool. Who would expect a celebrity to really go and kick his head like a soccer ball? I loved it. I loved it. Like, Adam, like, he's been on top for a minute. It's okay if he kind of, you know, sets himself down a couple pegs and just allows it to happen. Because, like, it's not like he's a celebrity that has no fighting background or physical background. Like, he was in the NFL. So, like, clearly he knows how to be physical. So, it's okay to take some punishment from a guy that knows how to give it out and receive it. So, if it was Kevin Hart or something, then sure, that's awkward. But it's bad. So, it's okay. <laughs> And lastly, Alex Kirkman says, yo, are there any old pay-per-views uh, that are gimmick-themed that you want resurrecting? Mine is Breaking Point, as I bloody loved it. What was the Breaking Point gimmick? All submissions. Oh, was it really? Yeah, everything don't, was don't, I do not remember that at all. 2009. It was like DX versus like Legacy and then like Orton. Oh, okay. It was the Undertaker match versus CM Punk where Undertaker didn't tap, but Tay Long said he tapped out and it was a screw job finish. It was that thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was that one. Right. Okay. Do you know what? I've, I've been actually like, because I had a feeling, so uh, our Patreon poll at the moment uh, for what paper we're going to do for WrestleTalk Extra. It's right. currently SummerSlam 02, which I'd be very interested to do because you've got the return of Shawn Michaels and yeah. you've got the Brock Rock match. Love to do that. But also SummerSlam 2010, legit one of the worst pay-per-views I've ever seen. And one of the most damaging pay-per-views I've ever seen with the death of the Nexus before they even got started. So bad. Uh, but I was kind of, but like I kind of had a feeling that SummerSlam 2010 was going to do well. So like while I was editing um over the weekend, I was watching the pay-per-view that follows it, Night of Champions, and I was just sort of watching the Wade Barrett kind of like progression. But I was thinking, I was like, man, what do I want to watch? What like random show do I want to fire up? The next time I'm in a situation where I'm editing and I wasn't in the background. That's what I'm going to look up because I totally forgot about Breaking Point. Yeah, Breaking Point was one of those shows. Like, if you're not a submission wrestling person, then you're going to hate it. But like, it, it was amazing to me. Like, it yeah. was dope. Amazing. Like, I probably remember the name, just not the show itself, but I'm definitely going to check that out. Anyway, so um, do you think WWE should resurrect bragging rights? I mean, we've got Survivor Series. Um, uh, so, so, no, Survivor Series is my second favorite event behind the Rumble, and I really miss elimination matches with actual storylines. Do you know what, Alex? I used to love Survivor Series as well, but now it means nothing. And it, it basically just derails stories, and it really annoys me. Um, so, yeah, are there any the gimmick-themed pay-per-views you want to see back? Uh, I would 
First of all, I would get rid of Hell in a Cell just because I don't like the idea of that stipulation being just another gimmick. I don't like yes, that. Yes, please. Yes. Get rid of it. Um, bring back something, though. Oof, oof, I don't even know. I, can, I can't even really think of one. I mean, I would say over the limit, but that, that wasn't really like a gimmick pay-per-view. I just like the matches on the shows. They're always just bang. Oh. I, I, I'd kind of like to see them bring back like the Cyber Sunday, like the, the fan vote thing. Like the fan vote thing always used to like throw things off. But I think like with Twitter being as big as it is and, and Instagram and things like that, like doing it as a social media poll rather than going to WWE.com and voting, doing them as like Twitter polls and Instagram stuff, I think <laughs> would be actually, yeah, I think that'd be a really good way to kind of like increase with uh, WWE bloody love social interaction mm-hmm. as a way to kind of increase that. I think that'd be, yeah, Cyber Sunday is the answer I'm going to give. I agree with that. I agree with that. So, Malcolm, I'm going to ask the standard question. What got you into wrestling? What got me into wrestling? Okay, so my dad came up to me when I was eight. He said, Malcolm, you want to watch something cool? I was like, yes, I would love to watch something cool. He turned on the television, and it's this giant white dude with an 8-bit hat and 8-bit T-shirt, and his name was John Cena. I was like, I love that guy. Then I saw a <laughs> really big, buff white dude with like his fingers all taped up and long brown hair. His name's Triple H. I was like, he's huge. I love it. And then that's what made me watch wrestling for the rest of time. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, you said it in the the show itself, but like, you weren't born in '95, so you're a, you're a young kid, right? I am. I just turned 21 like a couple weeks ago. Oh well, congratulations! A legal drinking age for you now. Yes, sir. <laughs> so yeah, so okay, so like. Yeah, so when you were a kid, that means, yeah, John Cena was your guy, right? Because I, I, I found it very interesting. Like, as, a, as an old man, I have found it sort of very interesting to see. Because, like, I was, a, you know, a teenager. I was in my 20s when John Cena was on top. And, like, I was I was that guy on wrestling forums being like, I hate John Cena. He ruins everything. Boo, boo, boo. And, and you know, I was also that guy. I was like, I didn't like the, the Star Wars prequel trilogies. But now, like, all these the kids, like yourself, are now grown up. And they're being like, do you know what? I loved John Cena. Yeah. I thought John Cena was great. I loved the Star Wars prequels. I've always found it like absolutely like fascinating that like, yeah, it, it sounds so silly to say like you've all grown up and now you've got a voice, but I, I now feel so old because all those kids that like John Cena right now, and yeah, I, I, I love it. I think it's great. So John Cena's a guy. Like I know a lot of people hate on him and like at one point I didn't really like him as much either. Like I kind of grew out of him then like started to love him again. But he, he's interesting. He's not. He's not that bad in the ring. As much as you want to give him crap, oh, right. not even that bad. I think he's amazing. Honestly, he's probably one of. Yeah. He does not a lot of stuff, but by doing not a lot of stuff, he has some of the best matches in the world. Dude, he's like, great. Absolutely, he's, he's great. He's perfect. Yeah, like when he when they first pushed him to the moon, when they first gave him the title, absolutely, he was a bit rough around the edges. He wasn't great, but that dude pulled out some absolutely outstanding matches in his wwe career like the dude's incredible but i remember like we were at a raw show ollie and i were in a raw show a couple of years ago and this was at the height of boo roman and you know having and having lived through the like the boo cena stuff we were in there and like roman comes out and this overwhelming sort of like circles around the arena two rows in front of us and slightly to the left there was a kid who must have been about six or seven years old in full roman reigns cosplay who was so excited to see roman reigns and i was like and that is why he's the top guy. And like, that is why Roman is the top guy right now. I hate when that happens. Like, everyone will like gang up on one wrestler, and there's like that one kick. That happened to me. I went to the Battleground 2017 with the Hujabi prison match. It was, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but like, everyone, 
<laughs> Everyone like really hated like one wrestler. I don't know who it was. It might have been like it probably was Cena, but like it was that kid decked out in Cena stuff, just cheering him. So I'm like, I'm a cheer Cena with that kid. Let's go, Cena! And like everyone's just like, why the hell? He, he's too old to be cheering John Cena. Like I <laughs> screw off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who else were you a fan of when you were younger? Um, I mean, Cena was honestly the main guy. Like once I got into like independent wrestling and whatnot, that's like when I really built a strong fan base for like certain wrestlers. Like my my gimmick on YouTube for the longest was being like the number one Rusev fan in the world. So like Rusev's always been like my main dude. And like when he got fired, I made sure to cry a little bit on Instagram just to really get that over. <laughs> but uh Leo Rush. Leo Rush is definitely like my number one guy. Um, because I'm from DC, he's from the same area. I saw him debut on an independent scene at MCW. And also get signed to WWE. So I've been there for his whole career, even up to like his final match, which was just a couple weeks ago, I think, like two weeks mm-hmm. ago against Janela for GCW. So uh, Leo Rush is definitely one of them. Kofi, obviously, representation is amazing. And him winning that WWE title was absolutely outstanding. But um, yeah, those was my main ones. I didn't have a lot of people outside of Cena I really liked. It was like Cena and then everyone else and Ryback. Ryback. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, I was a right back guy as well. I, I thought right back was great. <laughs> I love I, you. You talk about representation, which is obviously is it's such a huge and I, it's, it's such an important thing. And it's, I think it's something that, you know, as a, a middle aged white guy, I have never really had to ever sort of question or sort of like ask because I'm represented everywhere. Like, yeah. it's, uh, and I, I turn onto any TV show, and I'm like, that guy looks like me. Like, <laughs> especially now because they're all balding as well. I was like, that guy really looks like me. Um, <laughs> But like you would have been a kid like when Kofi was a mid carder. So you kind of like as a kid watching him now growing up and seeing, I must have been like a really awesome like moment, right? Oh, I was in the arena when he won the title. I was crying, crying. It was it was amazing. Like because at that moment in wrestling, growing up like 2008 is when I really got into it. Up until now, you haven't seen that many African Americans in WWE at least that were on top for a long amount of time. Like yes, we had The Rock back in his day, but a, for a standpoint for a lot of like African-American fans. It's like The Rock never tends to acknowledge his African-American side a lot. He kind of leans more on that Samoan heritage a lot just because his background, which is fine. But it's just like, it's hard to take him as like one of us type thing if he's not mm-hmm. even agreeing to be a part of us sometimes. That's as a character, not as a person. But when it comes to like African-American or Black wrestlers, like we had our Booker T's. And yeah, when Mark Henry won the title, we were all crying and screaming. But but we never saw anyone hold that WWE championship because the world title was great, but it was kind of like a second tier world title. And like, it's cool that they won it, but I'm like, I'm trying to see someone on top, on top. So when Kobe got to that point, it's like, this is the moment. And it was, it was great because it wasn't just for like, this is for black fans. Like this was for everyone because he was around for so long, 11 years of a journey. And he was underrated, like legitimately underrated, like a Daniel Bryan. So it was great for like every other person, not just based off of your race or, whatever you're into in life that could all come together. Like this guy deserves it. And yes, he also also represents this culture as well. And it was just an amazing feeling to see him on top. Cause like he deserves yeah. it. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I, I'm still so mad at the company for never really pushing him as world champion. Like it's, it, it wound me up every single week watching SmackDown. I was like, he's the third most important thing on this show. Like he is, he's fallen behind Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon and he's behind the, the Roman Reigns storyline. It sucks yeah. that he is feuding with mid carders over this title when he should be feuding with Roman Reigns. He should be feuding with like a, a legit main eventer. 
And yeah. it took them ages to put him in the bloody match with Randy. And then they told the story out of order. Yeah, and then like then when he lost the title, he didn't even win in a cool way. He just lost it in seven seconds. I'm like, what's this? Yep. Like, come on, that's what you're gonna do to the first black champ? You're gonna make him lose in seven seconds, bro? Like, all right, cool. Thanks a lot, bits. <laughs> and then it comes it comes out for the rumble to like face up against Brock. Yeah, okay, this is the time, right? Now we're gonna get Brock but Brock getting his like Kofi getting his revenge on Brock. Nope, out you go, mate. I yeah, was like just treated him like he was nothing. I'm like, come on, man. Like, thank you for keep Lee for be- existing. Because like now I have faith that there's gonna be another African American that can hold that world title. Like Lashley is someone I feel like could and should. I don't know if he will. But Keith Lee, I'm a hundred thousand percent invested. Like this guy will be world champion. I can like I can rejoice the same way when I felt like when Kofi won the world title or Mark Henry or whoever. Like I'm very excited for Keith Lee's future. Very excited. Oh my god, Keith Lee's one of he's so good. Like he's so so great and like, genuinely one of the nicest guys I've ever met as well. And like and to hang out with like I I. I name drop the story a lot because i love it so much and it's a great fun memory of hanging out with him after his match with tomohiro ishii the second match they had in ref pro and it was me ollie and keith just having a drink and talking about avengers infinity war because it had just come out and just chatting about that for about an hour and a half it was amazing i also bought matt riddle a drink and i don't think he thanked me for it but it was uh <laughs> But yeah, Keith, I, 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 man, I've got such high hopes for that guy, and I really think the company's behind him as well. At least I like oh, yeah. to think that they are. Yeah, they look, they, it seems like they are. So I hope and pray they do not mess him up when he comes to the main roster. Like, save him, bask in his glory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your own YouTube channel. What made you start a YouTube channel? Uh, I'm not saying this just because I'm on your podcast, but honestly, Wrestle Talk was a big reason. I used to. Oh, thanks, man. I was growing up and stuff, but um. The, the number one thing at the time was like wrestling figures. I used to watch this guy called DGDX Animation. He would like do all these like weird pick fed and like animating like all these wrestling figures doing stuff. I was like, okay, I have nothing to do. I just moved to DC. I was 13, had no friends. I'm like, I'll give it a shot. So then I started doing that. I kind of evolved more into a fitness side because I kind of get out buying wrestling figures 24-7, even though there's like some behind me right now. <laughs> and then I started doing fitness stuff. And I'm like, all right, this isn't working on YouTube back to wrestling. So then I just talk about everything that I enjoy and it just works out for me because I don't know. I also like to blow smoke up my own butt sometimes. So I'll talk about myself a lot and I'll, I'll <laughs> make the whole character out of Muscleman Malcolm. And um, I built a, like a title that's called the YWO Heavyweight Championship of the World and stuff. And I'll defend it against different wrestling YouTubers. Grimm's Toy Show. I'm sure a lot of people know who he is. I beat him for it one time. Then I'll face like guys like Brandon Hodge and all these other wrestling YouTubers. And it's just, it's a way for me who wants to be a wrestler to get myself over, I guess, with like a charisma and attitude and all the kind of stuff that people might like, as well as an ability to just talk about what I love, which is wrestling, which is what everyone loves is wrestling. So yeah. just give my idea to like give my opinion on stuff or, you know, talk about why Rusev is the greatest thing to never be W champion in the world. It's just like a fun outlet. And like, you make so many friends and like the community is so amazing. So many great people. Yeah. I mean, to, to peel back the curtain somewhat, I, I found you because you reached out. Like you basically sent me a tweet being like, I'm going to shoot my shot. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll click through the links, see what's going on. And I watched the show. I was like, holy hell, this kid is great. Like he is, I, I said to all, I was like, man, we are so effed because basically like all these kids are doing way better stuff than we are now. We are going to be so screwed. I mean, like, I, I, think, are- I think you, I think your stuff's a great, is amazing, man. I appreciate that. I'm just saying, if you guys ever need more people on the WrestleTalk cast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, on my Twitter, just, I'm just saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot my other shot and just kind of leave it out there. Let, let it, stay. 
you know, we'll see what happens. But no, nah, the community is amazing. There's so many just incredible underrated wrestling YouTubers also. Like people with, like 4K subs. I'm like, whoa, they're doing better stuff than me. Now I have almost 20K. Like, oh, they're doing better stuff than Hoo and they have a million. I'm like, wow. How come more people don't know about some of these underrated people? Because, like, building a channel from the ground up is hard. I'm sure you guys know that. Oh, I mean, man, it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. Like, that first 1,000 takes forever. That first 100,000 takes forever. Then after that, it probably just goes a little higher. <laughs> like, every other year. To, I was going to say, to put it into perspective of, like, how hard it is to grow a channel. Like, when we launched ScreenStalker last year, yeah. like, we couldn't get up we couldn't get past 20 subs like uh, twenty thousand, rather like we couldn't get to that point it took us like forever to get to that point and like as a channel we got quite you know not to brag but there's a fairly big audience that are watching there but yeah. like it's it's really like and we had a that's what i mean like we had a good like launching point so if you're coming in with nothing like i've got so much admiration respect for anyone who starts a youtube channel and can like get over five subs like they, like, like if you get over five i'm like that dude's made it like that that guy got it you know, it's so much work because like you're like constantly like sending leaks and like our links to um facebook groups like here wrestling fans on facebook watch this video and maybe one person might watch or like tweeting it out to like wrestlers like hey retweet this maybe and they never do but it's worth a shot or going on to forums and tweeting stuff out and just like commenting other under other people's videos which i know is the most annoying thing in the world and i hate it when i see it but i'm like it works though <laughs> so like <laughs> doing all that kind of stuff is it, is such a hard task but like once you get there and like for me once i hit 10k subs or 10k 10,000 what i meant to say it was like the most fulfilling thing in the world like even though it's not a lot it was sure a lot of work to get there oh man it's an inc- it, i i've got so much admiration for for you man i, I really have um you said you're trained to be a wrestler as well so tell me about that uh yeah so i started training this year actually but then the pandemic hit so i had to kind of stop but i actually go back in october for mcw pro wrestling which is in joppa maryland which is kind of like a little outside of baltimore for people that are in the u.s um it's the same place where people like velveteen uh, leo rush uh, mickey james was there at one point the hardy boys at one point lita uh, they all train there. So I know by going to a school that has a very uh, obvious Hall of Fame class, I guess, um, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that you're going to do something well. Like even um, 205 Live star to Hootie Miles. I know a lot of people might not know who he is, but he's in WWE. He was at MCW. So there's a lot of people that go through that promotion that do very well for themselves. So that's what I'm trying to get myself out there for. That's amazing, man. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it yeah, can't be hard in like the, the sort of pandemic times. You, yeah. you, I think you said as well, because you, you're in DC now, right? But are you originally from DC? Um, I'm originally from Virginia Beach, Virginia. So just kind of South Virginia. And uh, I moved up to DC. I was about 13. And I just needed something to do because I didn't have a whole lot of friends. So that's when I just got into YouTube and everything kind of went from there. Oh, amazing, man. Uh, what was it like growing up in Virginia? Uh, pretty nice. I mean, I live by the beach, so, you know, you can go to the water anytime you feel like and, um, you know, just chill. It was all pretty nice. Volleyball, women. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, wasn't it wasn't bad at all. Um, uh, Lastly, what's the best show you've ever been to? Best show. Best show. Uh, I'm going to say Ring of Honor. I've been to a lot of WrestleManias, and they're all a lot of fun. The experience is amazing. The experience for WrestleMania is probably better than the actual show most of the time. But Ring of Honor, best in the world. Uh, 2017. It was like Jay Lethal. No, it was like, uh, man, I forgot the name of the show. It wasn't Best in the World. It was something else. But it was Jay Lethal versus Roderick Strong in an Iron Man match. It was so good. I did not know Ring of Honor was that lit until that moment. I was like, oh my God, 
both these guys. I'm buying all your shirts. I'm buying all the autographs. I love you. That show by itself, I can't say another match on the card, but that match made the show for me. So whatever that Ring of Honor show was, it was in Baltimore. That one, 2017. Look it up. You can probably find it somewhere. Uh, actually, last question before I let you go. Uh, what's your favorite wrestling action figure? Uh, I'm going to like the one of Muscle Man Malcolm that they make one day by Mattel. <laughs> or uh, this one. I don't know if this is a video or not, but it's a Blue Tisa figure. Um, yeah, Batista <laughs> Blue is just the most amazing thing in the world. And I absolutely love Batista, another DC guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again. Uh, please do plug uh, social media channels. Where can people find you? Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Mossman Malcolm. I am the greatest wrestling YouTuber of all time. Most underrated. Make sure to come subscribe. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. There's all the links for that in the podcast description down below. So go and click that. He's a really, really good dude. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. I shot my shot and it sank. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, right well thank you all so much for listening to the podcast um we'll be back tomorrow pete and andy will be doing the smackdown review and then uh ollie and i'll be back for the raw review on tuesday to see really what is going to be next for raw underground uh thank you all so much for listening take care i love you goodbye Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.